Dissecting Dexter is brought to you by Audible.com. For your free audiobook download and free trial, go to www.audibletrial.com slash Dexter. Hi everyone, welcome back to Dissecting Dexter. I'm your host, Gareth Watkins, coming to you, as always, from the mobile studio, deep in the heart of beautiful rural North Yorkshire, England, where it is getting colder. It's getting a lot colder. It feels like winter. We're right on the cusp of winter. The forecast is that it's going to get colder this week, and we may even get some snow at the weekend. So, um, yay! <laughs> getting stocked up on logs and kindling and coal at home, ready to keep that fire going. Um, we've had plenty of fires already this autumn. It's It's been a funny old autumn. Um, very wet. We had some, some nice weather earlier on, sort of September. We had a few nice days. Um, but it's been pretty wet and windy and cold this autumn. And uh, there's been flooding this week. The, the weather's been really grotty. Uh, there's been a lot of flooding around the country and the fields. You see great lakes where there should be fields <laughs> as I drive to work. Uh, rivers have burst their banks. Drainage ditches are overflowing. and um, Well, it's great for the ducks, but um, not much else really. I imagine farmers are pulling their hair out at uh, their waterlogged fields and all their lovely winter cereals that have been sown. So uh, that'll no doubt have a knock-on effect next year when um, the price of bread and, and, and whatnot goes up. Um, but rural economics aside, um, a little bit of a little bit of a sad story to to share with you guys before we get into talking about Dexter. Well, I say talking about Dexter in a minute. Let's talk about Dexter now. Um, I have well, we've we've had three cats. Uh, one called Buddy, who is about sixteen and went missing about oh probably about four months ago now, and and we suspect he's probably um gone off somewhere to to pass away quietly he, he was pretty old but still quite lively um but hey you know when a cat's been gone that long uh we have two other cats who are brother and sister they're two and a half years old called dexter and rita dexter is jet black while rita is 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 gray and white uh beautiful cats both very friendly um now, I mentioned their brother and sister, and you might be thinking, Gareth, you're a Dexter fan, you should know better than to call brother and sister cats Dexter and Rita, because that's kind of weird. Um, and in hindsight, yeah, maybe I missed a trick there and should have called one of them Deb. I think maybe uh, at the time I thought Rita would be would, would sound better uh, than calling a cat Deb or Deborah. I don't know. There we go. But a black cat called Dexter, what can be cooler than that? <laughs> I've always wanted a black cat called Dexter, and now we've got one. But unfortunately... Dexter um, went missing about three weeks ago. Uh, we think he might have um, maybe had a, a fight with another cat that's been around. Uh, just over the last few months we've seen it, and it's a bit. Well, it's about the same size as Dexter. He's quite a big cat um, in his prime. But we think maybe they've had a fight and Dexter's lost. And as territorial animals go, when, uh, when there's a fight and uh, an animal loses, that animal can tend to wander out of the territory and go and seek sort of pastures new um and we wonder whether that's what's happened now we don't like to think that dexter's been killed by a car we do live quite near a main road um 
But some friends of ours who live elsewhere in the village, they have seen a black cat that is quite friendly and seems to match Dexter's description. I mean, there's not much description to be had. <laughs> quite a quite a well-built black cat. I mean, <laughs> how many of those are there in the world? Uh, but we've been quite hopeful that uh, that was our Dexter. Anyway, the the same people they were out last night walking uh, walking their dog, probably about a mile from where we live and a mile from where they live and they heard a meowing and there was a black cat there they got hold of it put it in a box that they happened to have in the car and brought it round to us last night we opened the box and out popped this beautiful black cat that um we thought was dexter and we were really happy we were really elated i i almost put something on facebook saying dexter's back um I stopped short of that. Uh, we noticed that it, its front leg was a bit swollen, and my wife, who's a qualified veterinary nurse, she um, said, oh, that's an abscess. Better take take it to the vets and um, get him checked out. Uh, so off she went. And while she was gone, uh, my oldest son, Samuel, he even went as far as writing a letter uh, in, his, in his sweet six-year-old handwriting saying, welcome home, Dexter. Hope you enjoy uh, being home, we've missed you, um, things like that. And when my wife came back, she uh, was quite upset and said, it's not him. So, um, bit of a bit of a shocker, really. And um, turns out she took it to the vets. Uh, it was the vets where she used to work, actually, so she knew the vet who was on duty. The vet took one look at this cat uh, and said, Dex is a boy, isn't he? This cat is a girl. Well, bugger me. <laughs> then uh, Keely sort of slapped herself on the forehead and went, Oh no! Uh, something that she should have noticed. Um, and yeah, so we were kind of caught up and guilty of so wanting this cat to be Dexter that um, her professional eye uh, uh, was, was clouded and um, it, the penny didn't drop that this cat was a female, and uh, in hindsight, yeah, I mean, <laughs> its build was slighter than, than our Dexter, uh, a smaller build. Um, and we put that down to him just having lost weight, being malnourished for three weeks. Uh, and as it also turned out, the cat was microchipped, um, which meant that the vet was able to pull up details of the actual owner. Uh, so there is kind of a, a, a sort of semi-happy ending in that this lost cat will be able to be returned to its true family. But unfortunately, we're still without Dexter. But the only spark of hope is that this other cat um, is is still around at, 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 near our friend's house. And that might yet turn out to be Dexter. So um, fingers crossed that uh, that will be the case and we might still get him back. But just for a while there, we thought we had a, the most amazing early Christmas present. Anyway, um that story kind of went on <laughs> a couple of minutes longer than uh, than I thought it would but um I do digress don't I and I do go off on one sometimes when I'm rambling about different subjects uh, apologies if if I've bored any of you um I shall do that no longer uh let's get stuck into some true showtime Dexter now with this week's review it's season seven episode nine Helter Skelter original air date the 25th of November 2012 Written by series regular Tim Schlattman and directed by Dexter regular Steve Schill. Here we go.
Firstly, thanks again, Showtime. Your previously on Dexter spoils a surprise returning character. They showed Matthews, which telegraphed quite obviously that he'd be popping up this week, and it didn't take a genius, did it, to figure out that it would be to do with LaGuerta's investigation. They did an even worse one last year, and I picked them up on it at the time, when they brought up Trinity stuff before the episode when Dexter caught up with Jonah Mitchell. Uh, Nebraska, I think it was. It might sound insignificant, and I know a lot of you do watch the preview, um, the preview clips at the end of each episode, although obviously we don't go over those within the podcast. Um, but for me, personally, I, I just like to be surprised and discover things as the episode unfolds. I, I don't think that's too much to ask, is it showtime? Anyway, let's talk about the episode proper. I did like the opening, with Dex and Hannah on the boat. It was a scene of normality, really. Them just hanging out, doing something fun together. I should put fun in inverted commas, <laughs> because it didn't, like, didn't look like Hannah was enjoying the, uh, the choppy ocean very much, and we found out why. And the reason also gave us a little bit of insight into her background, something we'd been lacking from her history prior to meeting Wayne Randall. And it sounds, it, it, it sounds like her dad was a right bastard, chucking her in a lake. Talk about sink or swim. It'd give anyone an inherent fear of water, wouldn't it? I very much doubt it can account for her murdering people, unless we find she killed her dad at some point. It seems like killing is something she found through her time with Randall, rather than spawning in her through some terrible event like Dexter's did. We also found out in this scene, and it was in the briefest of throwaway comments, we found out that Jamie's taken all the kids back to Orlando. I suppose the potential threat from Isaac is still quite real, but it made their appearance last week a bit brief. Jarringly so. I thought they were back to give Dexter extra vulnerability, but maybe their purpose was more for the Dexter-Hannah relationship, to show her that he's a family man, of sorts, <laughs> and not averse to having kids like her husband was. They also served a purpose for Dexter and Deb's arc, with Dex giving Asta that speech. But I must be honest, I didn't expect them to head off again so fast. The conversation in the opening scene, and the general theme of the episode, is Dexter being reluctant or afraid to open up and talk about his inner feelings, something he's only really ever been able to do with people on his kill table when they're about to die anyway, so he's safe to talk to them. But of course, in any relationship, it's... It's a natural progression to open up with the person and share these kinds of thoughts, but it's something Dexter really struggles with. And, ironically, of course, it's Isaac Serko who ends up helping him with this. But I can't believe they've written him out with three episodes still to go this season. Makes you wonder how they're going to fill them, although it does get me a bit excited. It, it makes me hopeful that they've got some good stuff in store. Serko was a kind of big bad for the season, but a big bad with a difference, and when when did they ever kill off this sort of character so early? Of course, the season hasn't been about Isaac Serko, has it? The main arc of the season is Deb and Dexter primarily. I think even the Dexter-Hannah relationship is secondary to that. But Serko has made a big impact on the season. I've not heard of anyone who's not liked him, or anyone who's not been impressed by Ray Stevenson's performance. And he does positive things for Dexter in this episode. 
It could have all gone pear-shaped, of course, Isaac roping in Dexter to kill those two hitmen. I didn't expect Dexter would have just gone, Oh, OK, then. <laughs> the phrase, the enemy of my enemy is my friend, comes to mind, and I think Dexter quoted that one himself. But Isaac worked his sneaky magic and abducted Hannah, and it made total plot sense for this to happen. Isaac to exploit Dexter's newfound weakness and threaten to hurt someone he cares about. So, with Dexter reluctantly on board, we get another fascinating scene between him and Isaac as they discuss the two targets. The conversation turned to Dexter himself. Isaac clearly fascinated by him and trying to understand why he does what he does. Isaac is very intellectual. He's... he's... um. He's clear about his own reasons for killing, and he understands how people operate, what drives them. But he's having trouble getting his head around Dexter and what makes him tick. But again, like with Hannah, Dexter's cagey about his thoughts. Uh, and he left Isaac uh, to go and see Deb, and despite the problems between them, Dexter still turned to her for help. Oh yeah, let's talk just briefly about their scene earlier at the scene with the victim in the burnt-out car. Dexter made an effort to build a bridge between them after last week's craziness, you could say. He tried it in typical Dexter fashion, uh, just <laughs> just ballsing it up by comparing her feelings to the way he loves M&Ms. <laughs> really? M&Ms? <laughs> oh, Dexter! And then he goes and answers a text message from Hannah. I thought... Oh, for heaven's sake. And it's a shame because for a brief moment he was saying some some not unreasonable things and Deb was seeming to come round a little. But then the text message spoiled it. Selfish Dexter again. Everything seems to revolve around Hannah at the moment and I suppose that's to be expected. But it's this sort of thing that plays into the people that are maybe toying with the notion of not liking Dexter at the moment. We've talked about how it's quite normal to get wrapped up in someone at the start of a new relationship, but I think most of us would still give our upset sibling our attention at a time like this and then send the text afterwards. So, no points for Dexter there. Not good, mate. So, getting back to the later scene in her beach house, uh, Deb's beach house, Dexter's honest with her here, telling her Hannah's been taken. Deb asked him why she should give a shit, and he says because I do. And I like this point. Basically, if Deb cares about Dexter, she would put her own feelings aside to help him with something he cares about. And she does agree, but she gives a little speech that's quite moving, giving a little perspective from her point of view. You know what happened this morning? I was lying in bed, staring at the ceiling, feeling the sun and listening to the waves. For a second, everything was just like it used to be. Steaks and beer and bad movies on the couch. And then I blinked. And now it's burritos and hired killers and favors and fucking Xanax to get me to tomorrow morning so I can have that half second peace. I'll pull this around. But don't you ever expect me to be okay with who you're doing this for. 
Dio. Dio. Uh, it's sad, isn't it? A simple summation there of how her life has changed. I bet she's wishing she never went to that bloody church. Then it could still have been steaks, beer and bad movies. She wants their old relationship back, doesn't she? And it can't ever be the exact same again. I don't think it can. And we empathise with her hesitation at helping to find Hannah. She's looking out for her brother, knowing Hannah's history. She believes Dexter will never be safe as long as he's with her. I'm not so sure, but who knows? Ten years down the line, they're married, living together, and, I don't know, Hannah wants uh, a fish tank. <laughs> Dexter says no. Is he going to have to test all his food for poison? Who can say what would trigger her wanting to kill? I mean, she must have cared about her first husband at one point. Must have loved him, surely. I went to the church that night that you killed Travis Marshall to tell you that I'm in love with you. <laughs> It's weird and it's gross and it's fucked up. <laughs> this is the Dissecting Dexter Podcast. You're a serial killer and I'm more fucked up than you are. I like the kill at the shooting range. Very risky for Dexter, though. I bet those places are well covered by CCTV, especially in this day and age. You'd think they'd have cameras that covered every lane, wouldn't you? But that aside, that was a nice touch by the production, really, a production touch. Having the guy, um, or probably a directorial touch maybe, having the guy go to take his shot, or take his shot and miss wildly, pause, looking a little bit puzzled, and then look down and see a knife sticking out of his chest. No scream at the stab, more like, oh, what's that? <laughs> and after this we have another good scene between Dex and Isaac following the proof-of-life FaceTime call. Nice advert for iPhones again, by the way. But after the call, when Dexter can't tell Hannah that he misses her too, just says, likewise, <laughs> almost as bad as ditto, although Scott Reynolds used that line on the wrap-up podcast this week, stealing my thunder. <laughs> but I was honestly going to bring up that line from Patrick Swayze myself, so um, forgive me for using it again. <laughs> I loved Isaac's reaction. He stopped short of saying, oh, for pity's sake, Dexter. You could see him eavesdropping on the conversation, trying to get a measure of Dexter's feelings and how he responds to someone he apparently cares about. Isaac almost seemed annoyed about it. He knows how he felt about Victor and muses how he'd have responded if he'd been in Dexter's position. However, Dexter turns it around and makes him angry, suggesting Victor's fate was Isaac's own fault. And he does have a point, cause and effect and all that. Later, Dexter has a chat with Harry, and hopefully provides some of you naysayers with extra rationale for why he's so interested in Hannah. Like her or not, he explains that all his life he's had to mask who he really is, but Hannah sees through it and accepts it. Let's not dwell on this again, though. <laughs> Moving on. I liked how Hannah was able to take care of Jörg herself, but of course... She didn't come out of it too healthily. Luckily, Dexter's tip-off pointed Deb at the right house and she was able to come to the rescue. I wasn't in much doubt that Hannah would still be alive, though. Meanwhile, of course, Dexter's working with Isaac to take out the other hitman before, before bloody George pops up to stick a bullet in Isaac's gut. What did strike me here was that George went there to kill Isaac, 
well, why didn't he put one in his head and finish the job? People recover from gut shots, and I can't imagine Isaac would let George get away with this. George didn't strike me as a complete amateur, but if he wanted to kill someone, why not a headshot and do the job properly? It did make George seem a bit of an amateur killer, but maybe he is. Maybe he's more of a, an administrator or pen pusher, sort of manager in the organisation rather than an actual enforcer. But George's less than perfect hitman skills, I suspect, were no doubt driven by the writer's needs to let Isaac have one more important scene with Dexter. And I'm glad they did. It was nice how Isaac wanted Dexter to take him out on the boat to the spot where Victor was dumped so they could be together in death. Kind of touching in a dark kind of way. But this final chat they have, Isaac presses Dexter about Hannah, why he's afraid to open up to her. Death has always calmed me. It's soothing. Predictable. Inevitable. With a knife in my hand, I feel it's mine to control. Gives you intimacy. Yes. But it never lasts. It's over. And you move on. But now, with Hannah, I feel like I don't have any control. And I'm not sure I want to move on. I was like you. So detached. Until Victor. Was it worth it? Your feelings for him cost you everything. Oh, God, yes. Being with him. I never had to hide. I was finally... Alive. Hope for you yet. And with that, he's gone. For me, one of my favourite ever bad guys on Dexter. And can we truly call him an out and out villain next to Dexter? Can we? He was a passionate man, thoughtful, intelligent, definitely, cold and ruthless when he has to be, definitely, but always with reason. I really liked him, and here he finally has an impact on Dexter. He finally gets through. The notion that you don't always have to be in control of everything. You can feel more alive when you don't. And even if it doesn't last, it's worth the risk to feel that special something, even for a short time. Better than going through life having never known. It's such a simple human concept. Taking a chance with someone who makes you feel a certain special way and that's what Dexter's eyes open up to and lead us into that final scene with Hannah in the hospital. In that scene Dexter seems really emotional trying to maintain some control of them and he finally opens up to her revealing the two occasions he's felt really scared. He smiles like he's relieved to have got it out there and shared with her. Then one small odd thing that struck me he leans into her, lies next to her, and says when he's with her he feels safe. It's a big thing for Dexter to make himself vulnerable like this, laying himself bare, at her mercy in a sense. But her expression, her expression, it was a bit hard to read. And I'm still not completely sure. It wasn't repulsion, 
or annoyance, more like puzzlement or surprise at this turn in his manner, like she'd seen him closed off before to a large extent, but suddenly now he's laying himself down before her. Maybe she's surprised he's behaving like this now, her knowing that he knows what she's done in the past, what she's capable of, yet he's still so at ease with her, feeling safe of all things. She's, she's maybe taken aback, much like he is at her not recoiling from his darkness. It's okay, I think, but just the first time there's been the slightest hint for me from her of any unease on her part. Okay, um, let's just quickly go through some of the other aspects of this episode. Batista, well, not much to say. It sounded like the health inspector was threatening to shut down the restaurant. And there was also something in the second burn victim scene when he was talking to Masuka. Something about a mole? At least that's what it sounded like. I I'd listened to it three times <laughs> and I couldn't get the gist of what they were talking about. He said about the universe giving him the finger, and he, w he was obviously pissed off. But I couldn't quite... I couldn't quite get the full frame of reference for what that was about. Maybe we'll find out more next week, or maybe uh, maybe you guys caught it and could perhaps email me or tweet me or um, pop a message on Facebook and uh, maybe try and make that clear for me. <laughs> hey, I don't catch everything. <laughs> Uh, as you know, <laughs> um, Quinn, well, <laughs> is he dead or what? <laughs> I can understand him being mad that George took advantage of Nadia, but letting that rush of blood go to his head like that, he's probably signed his own death warrant. I was glad to see George get the good news from Quinn's fists, though. That was pleasing. Um, this This new serial killer that we seem to have, Interesting. Uh, I like the method that the killer uses, apparently wearing a protective suit and torching his or her victim, probably his. <laughs> uh, and, and I wonder, are we meant to suspect the fire inspector guy? I can't remember the guy's name. But he was positioned a bit suspiciously, um, dismissing Dexter's observation, very valid observation about the burn patterns in the car. And Dexter obviously took him to school a bit in the elevator. But honestly, that's got to be too obvious. I'm thinking more that he's this weak man who's protective of his specialist field and doesn't like anyone undermining him or letting anyone else suspect that he's not as expert as he makes out. And in walks Dexter with an eye for detail and spots things he's missed. But while I'm intrigued by the style of kill, I am surprised that they introduced this so late in the season. And I'm curious as to how it's going to link in with everything else. Is it going to be something that will lead to Batista's departure? Is it going to be something they'll just drop, like the Santa Muerta killings in Season 5? I don't think that'll be the case. Because the writers have no need whatsoever to stick something in just to kill time. There's no excuse whatsoever for filler after they've been waiting all this time to... As, as as we've put it, pull the trigger on the Deb discovery. Their pot must be um, just overflowing with, with good storylines that, um, that they can put in there. 
I'm certain that this will lead to something important. That's, that's my feeling. I just don't know what. Not yet. Uh, let's talk about LaGuerta. Uh, obviously, she goes to Matthews, who's a right ass with her. What a bugger. Very rude. But she did cost him his career, didn't she? <laughs> and we can't forget how he'd messed with her over the years. So I suppose it was a fight that did have to have a winner and a loser. And it doesn't look like he's enjoying retirement on his boat too much. Lots of bitterness in his voice. But then he comes around later on, which can only spell trouble for Dexter. But it will be interesting to find out if he knows more about Dexter than we realise, than we know about, and than has been revealed in the past. Overall, a very intriguing start to the final act of the season. I know I keep referring to acts of the season, but I think you can take a step back, if you're sceptical, and, and see how that works. Definitely this season. We've lost Isaac, and I'm sorry about that, but it does make me wonder how the final three episodes are going to be filled. I think they're setting up the end of Quinn, maybe the end of Batista, although it was a bit ambiguous this week because I couldn't follow all these conversations very well. And then there's LaGuerta and Matthews. This is no doubt going to ramp up big time, and that's going to be exciting. And then there's the whole Deb, Dex and Hannah triangle, which I know still causes a lot of issues for those who don't like Hannah. I have to say, I'm not mad on her. But I do understand where Dex is coming from. I understand his motivation. I understand his thinking. So I'm OK with it, even if I'm not uh, the world's biggest Hannah McKay fan. It's Dexter who needs to like her at the end of the day, not us. Although it would help our enjoyment of the show. And we'd no doubt root for him more in the relationship if we all thought she was wonderful. <laughs> but a decent enough episode. Listener Feedback It's time for your feedback. Um, I'm going to try something a little bit different this week, because uh, once again I'm pressed for time, so I'm going to go through your emails and voicemails and kind of respond on the fly, so uh, apologies if my responses are a little bit disjointed i do try to make a few notes before i record um and hopefully come across a little bit more coherently but bear with me uh, firstly facebook it's been pretty busy this week uh, a lot of comments on there far too many for me to read them all out but um i'd just like to give a little shout out to some of the people who've been particularly active and contributed uh, quite significantly this week. Uh, apologies if I miss anybody out, but um, names that I've jotted down, David Carter, Heisenberg White, Jacob Newman, Sandra Pisa, Courtney Page, Janelle Gaylard, Scott Singleton, Brian Withers, Matt Battles, Danielle Hawley. Um, I've probably missed a few. Uh, Dave Noble, I think I saw his name on there. Uh, the Facebook page, as I say, has been a lot busier this season than last. And Sandy Anderson made a good point, noting how she's much more invested in conversation about this season. And honestly, I'm sure it must be relative to the better quality of the show this year. It's got people wanting to talk about it. I mean, let's look at season six. I think what what was the big talking point? It was Geller, wasn't it, really? And, and about three quarters of the way in, that was wrapped up and... 
well, I think we'd pretty much wrapped it up after season, after episode two or three. Um, but I think we'd all pretty much decided he was probably, you know what. But um, the Facebook page during season six was used, but uh, not by any means as, as busy as it is at the moment. And certainly this last week, it's been been particularly so. So that, that's all good. It's all good. Get on there. Get onto Facebook. Look for Dissecting Dexter and you'll find it. Uh, a lot of people very active on there at the moment as the season airs. It's, it's quieter in between seasons, as you'd expect, but, uh, but that's okay. Uh, it is a forum for you guys to post and, and chat about the show. Uh, I just ask that don't post any spoilers. And if you do, or I should say spoilers for, for upcoming episodes or, or references, direct references to contents of the previews, uh, I personally don't want to see it, and, and I'm sure there's plenty of other people who, who don't want to know anything about what's coming up. Okay, let's go on to your emails. Um, firstly, an email from Matthias Rosenberg, first-time emailer, who started by uh, complimenting the podcast and complimenting Travis uh, for filling in for me a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Matthias also mentioned how he was disappointed with... Lewis getting killed off so soon. Actually, I tell a lie, Matthias isn't a first-time emailer. He did point out he did uh, send an email in last year uh, that raised uh, one or two very good points. Matthias goes on to say, and I, I quote him here now, In my opinion, the writers are ruining this season big time. They're like a good sports team who is stacked full of good talent, but lets the majority of them ride the bench in favour of replacement players. I'm weary of the guest stars and one-season-only storylines with the guests. They didn't need this whole Ukrainian mafia thing. Neither did they need another woman to play a big role, as Hannah is doing. There was already enough there to use. To not need major guest stars to play a big role. The type of role Lundy played in previous seasons was very good. Hannah is a hybrid of Lila and Lumen. She's actually more like Lila, in my opinion. As Travis said, we've already seen this. What a wasted opportunity we have going on in front of us. And Matthias goes on to mention um, a lot of plot points from the book, so I, I, I won't read that paragraph out because uh, I'm sure there's plenty among you who will probably get round to reading the books, as I will <laughs> at some point. Uh, so uh, I don't want to spoil you there, although I'm sure I've made reference to the books before, so <laughs> probably contradicting myself. To address your key point there that the writers are ruining uh, a, a good season. Guest stars on Dexter have long been... not a, Well, I suppose you could call it a bone of contention. I think we can agree that there have been guest stars in the past who have been brilliant. John Lithgow, for one. But traditionally, the guest stars have been... It's generally accepted that guest stars are guest stars are a one season deal, and so you think, well, how much do I really want to get invested in this character if they're going to bugger off at the end of the season? Uh, look at Lumen. I think uh, a lot of the cynicism about her as season five was going on was down to the fact that no one expected Julia Stiles to be around in season six, so we kind of thought, well, okay, she's going to be gone at the end of the season. It's just a question of how. And I suppose the same thing could be hanging over the character of Hannah. Now, as as we've talked about on the podcast, so it's not a spoiler for me to mention now, there's this rumour that I, I don't know whether I started <laughs> that Avon Strahovski is around for two seasons. And that may still be the case. And I know Travis has done some detective work to try and find where that comment came from. I had the feeling it was from Sarah Colleton in an interview, but... 
Um, I honestly don't remember now, and, and Travis has been unable to find any reference to it, so it may or may not be true, and it, it may be completely unfounded. I am still pretty certain I did read it somewhere, but who knows? We shall see very soon in the next couple of weeks if she's going to be sticking around. And if she does, then, you know, we can put pay to that one <laughs> that one season deal uh, thing and uh, maybe get a bit more invested in Hannah. But at the moment, I, I, I don't blame a lot of people for being a bit cynical about her character. Uh, you mentioned Lundy. I, I completely agree with you, Matthias. He was a great character and uh, the role he played uh, over more than one season was... Um, was very enjoyable, uh, and I enjoyed particularly his interactions with with Deb, and and his occasional conversations with Dexter. It, it, <laughs> Lundy, for all his skills as an investigator, had no clue he was conversing with the Bay Harbor Butcher himself. Uh, you know, it's <laughs> it, was he that good? <laughs> uh, Matthias, you question whether we need this whole Russian mafia thing. Uh, sorry, Ukrainian mafia thing. Um. We do need some additional storylines through the season. I, I think the writers would have struggled to fill the season with just Deb and Dexter um, arguing, talking, having heart-to-hearts, Deb being conflicted. We need some other plot points to, for them to other plot points for them to play off and to create situations that are going to help them along their way. We had the Speltzer thing over a couple of episodes that was there to. Um, affect, influence Deborah, um, influence her development this season. Isaac, uh, I don't know exactly what they had in store for Isaac at the beginning of the season, the writers that is. I do know from the wrap-up podcast that as they were impressed by Ray Stevenson's performance, that did, that did influence how they continued to write Isaac as the season went on. But he's obviously played a part, the, the character of Isaac, that is, played a part in in Dexter's journey this season, particularly this last episode. So just to sort of summarise, I think we can agree that guest stars have been a mixed bag over the course of the last uh, seven seasons. Some have succeeded, some haven't, some have been popular, some haven't, and I suppose how effective they've been. Uh, maybe time will tell and when we can take a step back and look at the series as a whole, or the season as a whole, uh, yeah, we can look back and go over guest stars and, and previous seasons and see how effective they were once their, their character arc was complete. And as I say, a lot of it is down to your opinion and, um, yeah, well, we can we can go through and discuss them at length, but uh, this podcast could get rather long, uh, so I shall move on. Um, but I, I must say, I... You mentioned Hannah being more like Lila. Yeah, probably more like Lila insofar as having a little bit of, little bit of that darkness within her. Uh, different to Lumen because Lumen had a darkness that was recently created, and once the Jordan Chase thing was all done with, her darkness was gone. She moved on. Hannah, I don't know how much darkness is within her. Um, I keep saying it. Time will tell, and it's too early to say. Uh, to really make a, a proper judgment on her. Um, I'm reserving mine. Right, let's move on. Uh, Sandy in Seattle emailed to say, well, that ended up exactly the opposite of how I wanted. 
Isaac dead and Hannah alive and well. Grrr. <laughs> I was really enjoying Dexter and Isaac and wasn't ready for that to end. But I also didn't want to see Dexter kill him, or vice versa, of course, so I'm glad it happened some other way. I like that they ended as friends, sort of. I've been hoping Deb would have to kill Hannah, and that maybe that will still come. But I guess it made me respect Deb that she saved her. It at least made me think she's going to try to move on from her weird feelings about Dexter. I like that he too addressed the issue earlier. It was sweet, him telling her that he loved her too, just not in that way, and that they've endured for each other for so long that her feelings make sense. It was in a nice way to put a period... It was a nice way to put a period on that storyline, hopefully. It was a weird place and time to have that conversation, though. At a crime scene with people walking all around them. Had it been a quieter moment between them, like last week, I may have gotten teary-eyed. Oh well, now I'm excited for next week and this new bad guy, as well as LaGuerta's ongoing investigation. Thanks, Sandy. That scene between Deb and Dexter you talk about... I agree, and I did say in my review, I think Dexter was doing reasonably well, apart from his M&M's comparison, but hey, this is Dexter Morgan we're, we're dealing with here. Um, but I think you're right, he was saying some... He had some good points that they've endured, that he loves her, just not in that way. And I think you're right to point out that had it had the scenario, had the circumstances been different, maybe a quieter moment at a beach house and they could have sat down and taken a bit of the time and not been interrupted by a text message it could have been a more moving moment and of course Dexter went and balls it up by being distracted by Hannah let's go on to a voicemail now it's from Josh Wells who isn't too keen on Hannah he thinks she's boring but he is a big fan of Isaac Serco and what they've done with Quinn this season and he goes on to say it's been a good season it's way better than six, way, way better than five. And um, it has potential if they just keep things moving. The one thing I do have to say about every single episode is when the episode is done, Dexter is in more trouble than he was at the end of the last episode. It seems the show seems to be raising the stakes every time that an episode closes. So that is uh that has been one thing that has impressed me. Um, I don't really have any predictions, but the one thing I would like to see is that uh you know, Hannah dies. I don't I wouldn't really like to see her in the next season. And instead they keep Isaac Circle alive and Isaac and Dexter go off into the sunset together and run away from the cops. <laughs> I think that would be great. Because those two guys have very, very good chemistry together. They work out for each other very well. I don't think that will happen. I think that uh, mo what most likely will happen is that uh, Hannah will end up killing Dad, which will enrage Dexter, and Dexter will kill Hannah, and LaGuerta will somehow find out about all this, and pinpoint Dexter as a serial killer and we might see season 8 Dexter with Dexter on the run from the cops. I don't know. I, I don't know. It's hard to say so far but that would, be, that would probably be my prediction. I don't want Dead to Die. I've always loved her character and Jennifer Carpenter's been laying down a hell of a performance 
You can obviously tell that she's conflicted with everything that is going on. She's so deep into this thing. She's had a big change for her character this year. She's done an excellent job. I hope she at least gets nominated for a frickin' Emmy this time. Regardless of how much I hate the Emmys and the Oscars, you still want to see your favorite actors and actresses get nominated, at least. Because it shows... It just feels nice to see that people that you appreciate, that put work into a show that you appreciate, get some kind of reward or some kind of notice. We'll see, though. I would love Michael C. Hall to have an Emmy by the end of Dexter. Yet again, if he doesn't, who cares? I certainly don't. All right, guys, that's just for now. I will try to get feedback to you after uh, the next episode. Uh, this has been a kind of long message, but yet again, I'm trying to compensate for not talking to you for a while. Uh, we're still good pals. I'm not mad at you or anything. Uh, still love the show. It's just been a, it's been kind of tough trying to keep up with both Dexter and the second Dexter and Walking Dead and all that stuff too. Which I've done. I'm caught up. And I will keep listening. Thanks. Thanks, Gareth. You're the best. Thanks very much, Josh, who at the end there, saying he's not mad, is referring to a couple of weeks ago when we had a bit of a, bit of a balls up and I wasn't able to get his voicemail. If I remember rightly, it was when Travis was, was on duty and I, I, Tried to send Josh's voicemail over to Travis, but it didn't get through, and it didn't make it onto the show, and, and then I lost it, and oh, it was a, yeah, bit of a mess up, so uh, yeah, glad you forgive me, Josh. <laughs> no hard feelings. Um, I did have to uh, tidy up the, the audio on that voicemail, uh, so um, apologies if it sounded a little bit distorted. It was a... It, it was worse when I got it. Um, I, I don't know, Josh, whether there was a lot going on in the background and a lot of interference going on. Uh, so I, I ran it through a filter in Audacity and tried to tidy it up a bit. Uh, so hopefully it sounds okay. Thanks very much, mate. Thanks very much. Thanks very much. <laughs> Let's move swiftly on to an email from a British listener, Alex in Bristol, who says... Through the whole Dexter and Hannah, a.k.a. Poison Ivy, relationship, with some of your fans hating the relationship and some of your fans approving of the relationship, I started thinking about your thoughts on how Dexter never really had relationships filled with sparks and sexual chemistry. With Rita, that relationship seemed like a marital relationship, with it being stable and Dexter liking stability in something that has somewhat of an order of a set pattern with Rita. His second relationship with Lila seemed like an affair with a mistress that helped Dexter with some issues and being overall not that important. His third main relationship with Lumen seemed like to be of teacher and student but with sexual benefits. His so-called feelings for Lumen were for Lumen's dark passenger, how a teacher likes a gifted student. Now we get to this season. This season's relationship with Hannah seems to be one based over lust, and after people have sex, feelings start to emerge, like we saw in last week and this week's episode. That's why even though some people say that Dexter has made the same mistake over and over again to me, they're all a little bit different, and that's why I'm fine with the relationship. And what interests me more is the conclusion, because I don't think it will have a happy ending of Hannah and Dexter riding off into the sunset together. I'll just jump in there, Alex. 
you're, you're right. His relationship with Rita was more stable, more of a, a cosy, homely, marital type one, uh, and, and kind of evolved over time. There were never the sparks when Rita and Dexter first got together. Rita was purely uh, a, a means by which Dexter could keep his mask, maintain his mask and that facade of normality. Uh, it was part of his cover, and when they first got together, Rita was still very damaged from her violent marriage to Paul, so she wasn't interested in any uh, uh, any sexual side to the relationship, not to begin with, uh, which suited Dexter perfectly. Lila, yeah, she was a mistress. I mean, she was a crazy, <laughs> crazy woman. Um, but Dexter was kind of got involved with her, I think, because Lila was helping him quote-unquote helping him with his quote-unquote addiction um, and as we talk about in the rewatches Lila never understood until it was too late <laughs> the reality of what Dexter's addiction was uh, but some of the principles of treating an addict applied and she wasn't she didn't recoil from Dexter's darkness and and he was drawn to that. And as we're seeing this year, and we've talked about it a lot, uh, not to labour the point again, but Dexter still wants that acceptance. He wants to be comfortable with somebody and, and be with somebody who um, accepts him for what he is, accepts his darkness, doesn't want to try and change him, isn't afraid of it, and accepts it. We keep coming back to that same word of acceptance. Lumen, I think maybe there were some parallels Again there, possibly with Hannah insofar as Lumen uh, had seen Dexter's darkness. She wasn't frightened by it. Uh, she welcomed it insofar as it helped her with her mission for revenge. But once her darkness was gone, she couldn't be around that anymore. Uh, and, and Dexter was drawn to her because, again, she was somebody who accepted his darkness and didn't run away from it. So... We, so a lot of you are right with this point that Dexter's making the same mistakes to a, to a certain degree, but the pattern is he's been looking for that special person who will accept him. S simple as that, I think. Hey, that's my opinion. <laughs> uh, right, back to your email, Alex, who goes on to say, Now for the other parts of the episode. Personally, I'm quite interested with Matthews and LaGuerta teaming up and trying to find Dexter. I do wonder... As a theory, if they do work it out that Dexter is the Bay Harbour Butcher, perhaps Matthews will help Dexter in the end for a favour that he owed Harry, or that Matthews vowed to always protect Dexter and Deb. With Quinn seeming to sort of get himself together from season six, to him becoming a dirty cop, with the fight in this week's episode, is it going to be that predictable that he's going to die, or die by saving someone, Deb or Batista, or maybe Dexter? Hey Alex, I'd suggest maybe just Nadia. <laughs> Alex concludes by saying, Now this week we deal with the surprise of Isaac's death. Which is a shame, in my opinion, as from last week's episode I was starting to like him and enjoy his charm, even though it may be a bit cheesy. I just sort of like Isaac's final words of him wanting to be near his soulmate. It was kind of sweet. Although with the death of Isaac, I did love the new murders, that we might have a new interesting killer that Dexter and Miami Metro can investigate in the last couple of episodes. Thanks, Alex. I've obviously expressed my my thoughts about this this new killer uh, that, that enjoys burning his or her victims. 
I, I'm just concerned it might be sort of shoehorned in at the end of the season. But I'm, I'm, maintain, I'm, I'm maintaining a degree of optimism because, as I said, it they, they've got all these great storylines that they've not been able to, to run with. Uh, so there's no excuse, no excuse at all for, for filler at this stage of the proceedings with one season and three episodes still to be seen. That uh, There's no excuse for it. So I would be really disappointed if there was any filler between now and the end. Gareth, this is Travis. Seven on nine, Helter Skelter boy. What'd you think? You was it good? I mean, I've seen better. I liked it. I liked it. Um, this episode was strange for me. I think uh, I think there was a lot to like about the episode. I guess I did like it. I don't want to. I'm not pussyfooting around this. I like the episode. This is going to be a positive. This is going to be a nice voicemail from me. No goofy uh, fucking thing. Well, there might be some goofiness in this. I don't know, but. I liked it, though. Um, there's a lot to like about the episode. I think, for my money, this is the best episode in the last, I guess, four. This is the best episode since Dexter and Hannah started uh, getting it on. Um, so I liked it. Uh, the Your audience won't be uh, surprised to hear that a lot of what I didn't like about it was, oh, Hannah. Yeah, I know. I'm even I'm sick of my own. I say that shit all the time. It's a lot of bullshit. I don't even like listening to me anymore. But it wasn't just Hannah part. Uh, there were some things, like, I liked, I really liked the idea of Dexter and Isaac working together. And that was great to see, because everyone's loving Isaac. Like, oh, Isaac, you and Dexter should be roommates. Like, oh, we love you guys. Uh, I really like that. What I didn't like about that storyline exactly was just how easy everything came. Um, just like the incompetency of the Costco Brotherhood. Like, you know, last week we had that stupid hitman. This week, <coughs> excuse me. We had two more stupid hitmen. Like, this is the freaking Ukrainian mafia. Like, the entire country of the Ukraine, this is the best of the best of criminal scum. And this is what they have to offer? Just straight dudes that Dexter could just knife in broad daylight? What? You know, I mean, yeah, I mean, that looked cool. It was nice and stylish at Dexter. Oh, very badass, very, you know, assassino. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just feel like... What? Just that easy? The fact that Dexter just found that guy, just the first place he went to, just found this dude at the shooting range, and... I don't know, I thought that was a little too easy, and, you know, Jurg just getting... just tricked by Hannah. You know, like, Jurg, you're the right hand of the goddamn godfather of the Koska Brotherhood, the Ukrainian mob. You're gonna let this prisoner that you got held captive just kinda, like, trick you? I know she, like, didn't poison him. She, like overpowered his thing with pepper or something which was ridiculous if you watch that scene again his water is literally within arm's reach check it out he couldn't even grab his own water what i don't know it was like all too easy like everything the fact that even when dexter's trying to figure out where hannah uh fucking where he where she was and he took like a screen cap on the iphone but you know the iphone's got this long like a long screen you know how you're talking on an iphone they're video chatting but then when he looks at the picture later it's like this 16 by 9 aspect ratio photo like what the fuck huh yeah i don't know i just thought that was like it was all too easy this 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 foolishness um you know i don't think anyone is surprised that the kids are gone i guess last week they mentioned that the kids were only staying while the surgery's there but even even harrison's gone again what this didn't give us a chance to see Jamie Batista. I mean, you'd think that she'd be out there, you know, walking Dexter's dog or picking up his dry cleaning or writing a 12-page book report on Wuthering Heights for him. You know, just something, you know, because Jamie just loves doing that stuff for him. Um, yeah, uh, I think, I guess what, um, 
I think the most the thing that bothered me most about this episode, and then I'm going to talk about all the positive things. Uh, I think that the, that Dexter's discussion with Hannah at the end about all the times he was scared in the past, I think it's like disingenuous to the show's history. Um, I know Dexter's an unreliable narrator, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I know that. But I think we all have to admit like how ridiculous what he said to Hannah was about, I've only ever been scared when my mother was killed and when I thought I was never going to see you again, Hannah. So it's like, let me get this straight, Dexter. You weren't scared when the ice truck killer kidnapped your sister and was going to murder her. You weren't scared when Lila kidnapped Rita's kids and tried to burn them alive. You weren't scared when goddamn Travis Marshall kidnapped your son and tried to kill him. You weren't scared? What? You weren't scared when, when Jordan Chase kidnapped Lumen? Now, of course, I think that's like the weakest example of everything I'm saying. But I mentioned that last because that was the time where he was the most like physically. He showed a lot of distress during all that. So I don't know. I feel like... Uh, we all have to admit that's kind of ridiculous that he he just neglected to remember all those other times when people he loved were in danger. But at any rate, this episode had a lot of good things to offer. I'm happy. I'm looking. I'm really excited. This whole phantom arsonist thing, maybe that is stupid. I don't know. I find myself liking it just because, you know, with Isaac going out the door and I'm not in love with the Hannah story. I, I'm liking, hey, looks like some other bad guy for Dexter to catch. I'm not sure if that's going to be happening, if that's going to be like a whole rest of the season thing. Maybe it's just going to be this next episode. I would. I highly doubt they're going to stretch it out into season eight, but you know, you never know. Like somebody out there knows, but we don't. Uh, but I like that. Uh, I mean, we all pretty much agree that the arson investigator is the is the killer, right? Like, right? They want us to think that, right? I. I don't know. Um, I like Dexter and Deb's talk at the crime scene. You know, it's just hilarious. Dexter, like, oh, I, you know, oh, I love M and M's, even though I know I'm not supposed to. You know, I don't know. It was really great to see Dexter. Do that kind of shiot. Um, I was really surprised to see Captain Matthews getting back in the mix. I, if you remember, I predicted I predicted last season that we'd never see him again because I figured we have no reason to. But hey, I'm wrong, and I'm glad to be wrong. Um, if Captain Matthews is gonna become a big part of the BHB investigation, go for it. I've always kind of liked Captain Matthews. I've mentioned in the podcast before that I had a girlfriend for a long time who had a crush on Captain Matthews. I don't know quite why. I never viewed him as a threat to to me, so I always found that endearing about him. So, I don't know. Uh, but I'm not with that girl anymore, so fuck her and fuck him, too. You know what, Cat Matthews, get off my goddamn show. Ooh, that got dark. Okay. Uh, um, okay. Uh, was it wishful thinking on my part at the end when Dexter is all clinging to Hannah? Was it wishful thinking that, right? Did we notice on Hannah's face, did she seem uncomfortable? Now, I don't know what that means. Maybe it is wishful thinking, but was she uncomfortable? Like, oh, I don't feel the same way you do, Dexter? Or is the type of thing where she's like, oh, I can't believe someone feels the same way I do. I don't know. Who knows what that could mean? I don't know, but you... you, you I don't know. Anyway, finally, the thing I had to, I, I pretty much avoided talking about the whole time, Isaac's gone, man. Um, I, I mean, we all know he he could have survived that, that gut shot. Uh... Reservoir, you remember Reservoir Dogs, uh, Mr. Orange was shot in the gut and survived the whole goddamn movie. Mr. White told him something like, oh, the gut and the kneecap are, you know, the most painful places to get shot, but they're also the places that, like, nobody dies from getting shot in there because they're, like, so easy to fix. I think the fact that the bullet was still inside him, I don't really think that matters anymore in, like, our medical age of 2012. But, but, I know all this is for nothing. Well, also, I should also mention that, um... You know, Hannah got stabbed in, in the, the stomach also and bled out on the floor, and she made it to the hospital. 
And within, you know, apparently a half hour, she was up and talking to Deb and was going to get discharged the next day. Point is, Isaac could have survived, but he clearly didn't want to. He did this for love. That's suicide by George. He wanted to die so he can go get buried by Victor. And I think that's sweet. I think this story broke the typical Dexter formula, which I like. Or, you know, which is a welcome thing. You know, the big bad isn't sticking around to the last episode. He's not wrapped in plastic on Dexter's table. I think this was a natural thing. Um, Isaac was ready to leave. Dexter kind of helped him out. They kind of came to some understanding. Uh, like I said, it was very beautiful. Um, what I, I called it suicide by George. He got shot. He didn't want to. He didn't want to fix the problem. Um, but man, it's a beautiful thing, you know. Suicide is painless. It brings on many changes. And Victor and Isaac can rest in peace. And Dexter can creep them up at the hospital. Oh boy. And you were doing so well. Well, at least we know the Billboard Top 40 isn't in any danger of a Shefflin invasion anytime soon. <laughs> Fair point, though, about the guys sent by the Ukrainian mob. One of them being American, too. Of course, Dexter's a clever guy, we know. He's well-experienced in tracking and finding people. And who knows how big a presence the Brotherhood has in the States, although you'd think they'd have a few more henchmen. I suppose... They wanted to go the subtle route to killing Isaac. As for Jörg, clearly he underestimated Hannah and had no idea who he was or what she was capable of. But I suppose you could argue that the show shortchanged him a little bit. And you make a bang-on point about Dexter saying when he was scared. I thought at the time, something along those lines, and the time that sprang immediately to my mind that when he was when he was going to say he was scared was when Travis Marshall took Harrison last year. I guess Dexter was ranking that and those other times you mention as less scary than Hannah being in trouble, which is pretty mind-blowing. It's to say almost that... Well, it is <laughs> tantamount to saying that Hannah is more important than Deb or Harrison have ever been, which plays right into your hands of not liking Hannah. Honestly... I'm having a hard time playing devil's advocate here and coming up with a defence for this. I know I usually try, but I just can't. <laughs> I suppose he's so wrapped up in Hannah at the moment that it's consuming all his thoughts, as also illustrated this week with the text while he was talking to Deb. Yeah, it's, it's not very good, is it? And you aren't wrong to say it feels a bit disingenuous to what's gone before in the show. Your comments about Isaac's death... I'm sure you're right, he, he didn't want to be saved. He was so... Well, he... I'll rephrase that. He wasn't so bothered about killing Dexter anymore. They'd, they'd reached a kind of understanding, a, a mutual respect, perhaps. Isaac knew he didn't really have anywhere to go or anything left to lose. It was sweet in a dark Dexter kind of way, and you're right that any time the Dexter formula is broken, we should welcome it. And... I'm left thinking that the character of Isaac was a complete success. Thanks very much, Travis, as always. Uh, another email another email now from Sandy in Seattle, who's who followed up with a, a second message. And she says, Well, I've 
given more thought to episode 9 and I'm really torn about Isaac. Ultimately, I'm disappointed that he's already gone and I'm upset with the writers that he was sort of dwindled down and lost spark as a character after being such a scary badass at first. So, I'm having to justify it in my mind in several ways so that I can remember Isaac fondly and make sense of his demise and here's how I'm doing it. He did seem much weaker in his last episode but then again, we had gradually seen his more sensitive side. He had already told Dexter there was nothing left for him. He had lost Victor, lost his power. He would be forever chased down by either the Russians or Dexter. And Dexter had told him that exacting his revenge for Victor's death would never bring Victor back. And Dexter also pointed out to him that he himself put Victor's death in motion and that was really what was eating him alive. So I guess I can see his reasons for not wanting to live once he was shot, though it seemed a waste of a great character. But I'm super glad Dexter didn't kill him. I didn't want that to be the end of him. I wanted him to live, rather... But, oh well. <laughs> Their last scene with talk of love, blah, 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 was a little cheesy. I think they'd summed all that up at the gay bar that night, and that was a much better scene. Sort of sweet, how he wanted to be dumped in the ocean right beside Victor, I'm assuming. Though it was totally contrived as a plot device to have them working together. I mean, did Isaac really need Dexter to do his dirty work? He'd handled murder just fine by himself in the beginning. It still thrilled me. I even clapped a little. I so wanted some sort of friendship to blossom, though I knew it probably wouldn't. They definitely had some scenes and a chemistry that rivals the stuff with Trinity. Though Isaac I grew to love in some weird way. Maybe because he was one sexy man. Haha, <laughs> just wanted to make you blush at the end. <laughs> Thanks, Sandy. You'll have to do better than that to make me blush, although... I'm one of those people that can blush at the thought of blushing, so... Hey, who knows? I suppose you could argue it was a bit contrived to have Isaac turning to Dexter to help him out with the hitmen. But as Isaac pointed out to Dexter, the hitmen know Isaac, they know Jörg, so um, they'd have seen them coming. But Dexter, they didn't know, and they wouldn't be aware of him, wouldn't be aware of his existence. At least not at the start until George tipped off McCaffrey. So, um, and, and Isaac already knew that Dexter was an effective killer, so, I don't know, I suppose it, it kind of made sense in, in that respect. And I, I guess also Isaac would struggle to find any other contacts that would be friendly towards him. Once word got round that he was, I suppose, for want of a better phrase, blacklisted by the Brotherhood, uh, his name would be Mud, and I suppose no one would want to. No one would want to touch him. But thanks for your thoughts, Sandy. Uh, some some good comments there. An email now from our good friend Mike Lanich, who writes as follows: I'm starting to really believe that after last year's debacle of a season, the writers must have realised that they needed to really step up their game. And Helter, Helter Skelter continues to show a level of nuance and depth that has been missing from the show for a while now. You remember nuance and depth, right? I mentioned it many times last season as something sorely lacking in the show. Who knows, maybe one of the writers listens to the show and our complaints, because there's no denying the layers this show has managed to peel back so far this season, and not just for Dexter. Nearly every character seems to be truly progressing instead of the staying in the revolving loop they've been in for some time. This episode showed Dexter reaching towards a level of humanity I was starting to think he might never achieve. 
True feelings touched upon last week were forced to bloom due to unexpected circumstances with Hannah being held captive by Isaac in exchange for Dexter's help with dispatching some of Isaac's would-be assassins. That was a long sentence. <laughs> Deep breath. <laughs> Sorry, Mike. Uh, he goes on to say, Regardless of the circumstances, Dexter has killed three people in a row now that have never been held up to the light of the code. Is this a trend to continue? This episode explored an increasing level of vulnerability and near-absolute trust with Hannah as well. While Dexter seems to be reconciling with Deb, this level of trust in Hannah seems to be something that I feel will come back to really hurt him. Reach too close to the fire and get severely burned, and we all know about Hannah's hotness, only adds to her tools to hurt and kill others. But whether you agree or disagree that Hannah will be bad for Dexter in the end, you cannot help but marvel at his growth this season. Some may call it mellowing Dexter, but this is a journey for him and he's finally going places. Yes, Mike, I, I must jump in there. I, I think you and I are pretty much on the same page with Dexter. Whether we approve of Hannah or not, there's no denying the journey that Dexter's on and it's made him more human than he's ever been. He's behaving more like a normal person now than, than he ever has. And that we've followed this character from, from the beginning when he was such a cold, calculating, as he described himself, monster. And we've been rooting for him and following him on this journey. Can we really be disappointed that he's starting to become more... I hate to keep using this word, but becoming more normal? Alright, he's still killing. He's still got this darkness in him, but he's he's opening himself up to so much more and experiencing it, and he can only... He can only move forward from it, can't he? He can't go back again. Surely to goodness. Uh, back to your email, Mike, who says, It reminded me of perhaps Robert Frost's most famous poem, The Road Not Taken. I'll spare you reading the full poem, but give the last couple of lines. Two roads diverged in a wood, and I took the one less travelled by, and that has made all the difference. Dexter has never really ventured down this road. He always took the road that was safest, the one that he knew best, the one whose every turn, nook and cranny was thoroughly etched into his head. These last few weeks, and specifically his ep this episode, have, have him taking the road less travelled. Maybe it's a mistake, but good or bad choice in the end, it's making all of the difference for him now in his journey. Uh, I'll just jump in there again, Mike. That links in with what Isaac was saying, wasn't it? And indeed what Ray Stevenson was talking about in this week's uh, Dexter Wrap-Up podcast. Give it a listen if you've not heard it yet. Back to Mike who says, I didn't see Isaac dying this episode, which makes his death satisfying that it wasn't telegraphed, but it was sad to see him go. A wonderful foil for Dexter and Michael C. Hall. The deep conversations between these two up to the end has been one of the great elements of this season. Despite the bad blood... Isaac has been more like a mentor to Dexter by guiding him to accepting love, even to his dying breath. Isaac, you will be missed. LaGuerta now has Matthews on her side and seems to be putting the final pieces in place to connect Dexter to all the evil he has done. Dexter seems to be trying to pump logic into Deb's brain about her feelings for him, and I wonder whether it's just a temporary band-aid or something the writers are going to use to keep the fans who don't like the storyline happy. Quinn is certainly a dead man now. Punching out George sealed his death for sure now. The mixing of Dexter, Deb and Hannah is like a hydrogen bomb waiting to go off. At some point, one atom will collide too hard with the other and boom. 
the show will never be the same again. I'm predicting a finale that may trump all others in its my god did that just happen level of, do- of jaw dropping. Regardless of what exactly happens, this season has been so stellar and ambitious, a lesser ending would not be worthy of it. Thanks very much Mike, that was a, a really great email, full of uh, uh, some really good comments. Obviously I've, I've responded to quite a bit already, uh, I agree, I, I didn't see Isaac dying this episode, I thought he'd be here till at least the penultimate one. And he was indeed a wonderful foil and Ray Stevenson was a great actor for Michael C. Hall to bounce off. Uh, the characters had chemistry and the actors had chemistry. It was a great aspect to what's been a, a very strong season. Uh, I agree, Quinn is going to be a dead man. Um, and I like your analogy there, comparing Dexter, Deb and Hannah to a hydrogen bomb and all these little atoms floating around and at some point two are going to collide a bit too, a bit too hard. And uh, yeah, I think, well, I'm, I'm hoping that the finale this season is, is going to be worthy of what, for me, has, has been a, a very strong season, uh, without a doubt, compared to seasons five and six. And, and I would certainly, so far, put this higher than season four. And let me ask this, and I've probably asked this before, if it wasn't for the final scene with Rita in the bath at the end of season four... Would we love season four as much? It certainly was the cherry on the cake. I don't know. It would still have been a strong season. I'm just thinking Lithgow and, and Hull were great together, like Stevenson and, and, and Hull were this season. Anyway, something to consider uh, at the end of the season, perhaps, if this season concludes in uh, a strong way. Hey, Gareth, this is Tom from Poland. So I got one point about the ep- episode 708. I was really surprised that Isaac uh, was gay. I completely did not see that coming. Though I, though I, looking back now, I see that there were there were indications that he was. But uh, I was I was quite surprised. Um, so on to the current episode. It's it's too bad that he's already gone. Yeah, it was, it was really great performance by, by Ray Stevenson. Uh, I wonder what will they do with these three amazing episodes, not, now that they killed them off. Uh, what else? Uh, the case that the Miami Metro is investigating right now might, might turn out quite interesting. Uh, and also, I, I start. I'm thinking now that Hannah might actually survive the season. I, before I, I really didn't see that as a possibility, and now I think that that really might happen. So uh, that's all. See ya. Thanks very much, Tom. Long-time listener, long-time contributor, first-time voicemailer. It sounded like your Skype was going bananas while you were making that message. Uh, but I appreciate your comments. It's interesting that you didn't pick up on Isaac being gay. Um, obviously, it wasn't completely confirmed in the show until that scene with Dexter in the bar last week. Uh, but we all, or a lot of us, I think, had our suspicions... Uh, from when Isaac went to Victor's apartment earlier in the season and, and found that hidden photo of the two of them together 
Uh, the fact that the photo was hidden strongly implied that they had some sort of relationship beyond uh, a purely friendly or platonic one. Otherwise, why would Victor have had to hide it? Uh, but thanks very much, Tom. Good to hear from you. Let's go to an email now from Sandy in Ireland. A few thoughts on this week. These burn victims, I've no doubt that the serial killer is that fire officer. When he stood in the lift, the width of the void in the lift was similar to his width. I know this is sketchy at best, but don't knock women's intuition. <laughs> Seems the writers are bringing in another bad guy. I guess this is a story set up to be a first share kill with Dexter and Hannah. It's a bit early to have a first shared kill involving Deb. I thought it was so sweet that Dexter brought Isaac out to sea so he could have his final resting place with his beloved Victor. This brought back memories of Sun and Jin from Lost. I was just getting to like Isaac. The writers certainly showed a more human side to him in recent weeks. Keep up the good work. Thanks, Sandy. It does seem obvious that the writers want us to suspect the fire officer as being the new killer, and it may yet turn out to be the case. Uh, although Dexter in voiceover didn't um, say, uh, didn't give us any pointers that Dexter suspects him. I was expecting, I was expecting some comment from him uh, in that scene in the lift. Uh, but but who knows? And, and whether it will lead to the first joint kill between Dexter and Hannah, I don't know. It would be interesting. I mean. <laughs> God, this, this is Dexter Morgan we're talking about, and, and his dark passenger. It might seem like a natural evolution for their relationship, for Dexter to let Hannah in on his most sacred, most personal of uh, rituals. Could happen. And I agree, it's, it's too early for, for Deb to get involved in a, a kill with Dexter. I think it would have to be something extraordinarily personal for Deb to be involved. Thanks, Andy. An email from Barbara in New York who says, A wonderful episode. In my opinion, this season has been filled with developments of Dexter's character, as well as Deborah Morgan's. Just beautiful. Dexter to Hannah in the final scene. All I know is that when I'm with you, I feel safe. What an exquisite line. The term I love you doesn't describe anything exactly, but to tell someone that they make you feel safe or warm or happy to be alive... Whatever it is that love means for you, this is the good stuff. Isaac was certainly pointing Dexter in the right direction, teaching him about real love. As an aside, Isaac's going to spend eternity beside Victor, yes? Dexter now has two women in his life who are important to him, and vice versa. Gareth, let me ask you the age-old question. If Hannah and Deborah were both in danger of drowning, and Dexter could only save one, who would it be? I think we all know the answer to that. Thanks very much, Barbara. In answer to your first question, yes, I think Isaac is going to spend eternity beside Victor. I think that's definitely what um, what was going on there. Uh, in answer to your second question, who would Dexter save, Deb or Hannah? You say we all know the answer to that question. Honestly, I don't. I don't know which way I would fall on that one. Not right now. The way Dexter's feeling... The way Dexter's going. And maybe this is... Maybe you're on the same page as me then, that you're thinking Dexter would save Hannah. That's an interesting one. Perhaps I should put a poll on the Facebook page and, and let you guys have a vote and see what you think. Uh, check out the Facebook page. I'll, I'll stick that on um, later today, I think, and uh, maybe we could have a bit of fun with that. Thanks again, Barbara. 
Uh, quick shout out to Jonathan Steen from Brazil who sent me a quick email and uh, mentioned how much um, how much he's enjoying the show and, and likes my accent. Thanks very much, Jonathan. <laughs> Let's go on to uh, another email now from uh, Australia this time. It's Danielle Hawley, uh, who is uh, one of our active members on the Facebook page. Uh, she says... There's no doubt that this season will not repeat the disaster that was the Geller reveal. With so much that could happen, there is no way to predict which way things will go. It's great to speculate and have theories, but at the end of the day, I love to be surprised, and this season seems to be full of them. So, while Isaac did use Hannah as leverage over Dexter, in the end it was not for revenge, but to save himself. I was disappointed to see Isaac die the way he did. Bit too easy how George found and killed him, but I think you have to accept that this kind of thing happens a lot in this show. Isaac was a great villain, my favourite of all the seasons. Wow, Danielle, even more than Trinity. Sorry, I interrupt. <laughs> she goes on to say, So now we have Dexter absolutely head over heels for Hannah. I guess he's never felt so vulnerable, so human. Maybe where Deb failed, Hannah will succeed in making him reconsider fighting the need to kill. The way Dexter treats Deborah really makes me angry sometimes. He can be so rude to her, like when he just had to respond to his phone rather than finishing what I considered to be a very important conversation. She deserves so much more from him. I have to agree with you, Danielle. Good point. You raise a good point also in that paragraph, speculating whether Hannah will succeed in helping Dexter resist his dark passenger. That's an interesting one. Maybe that's something, if, if she does roll into next season, maybe that's something they'll address. Back to your email. Danielle says, I wonder if Hannah feels the same way about Dexter. It was hard to tell from the look on her face when Dexter went to see her at the hospital and confessed his true feelings. Noticeably, she did not reciprocate. Will Hannah survive the season? For a split second, I thought she was dead, or Deborah would let her die. There was so much more they could do with her in terms of Dexter's emotional development. I'm very interested to see where this goes. And those bloody kids. Ship them in and quickly ship them out again. I'm at the point where I couldn't care less. They hardly have a purpose at this point in the show. Dexter's on-screen relationship with Harrison is wooden and one-sided. It's either deliberate or Michael C. Hall doesn't even bother to have some kind of rapport with the child off-screen. Anyone who has children knows that the way Harrison reacts to Dexter is not how a child responds to a parent, but to a stranger. I'm also surprised at how with these three episodes to go they've brought in a potential table topper for Dexter in the form of a crazy pyromaniac. What's the reason behind this and will it connect with LaGuerta's investigation putting Dexter under even greater suspicion? More surprises please. Thanks Danielle. I love your turn of phrase there. That's a good, that's a good phrase to coin. Table topper. I like that. <laughs> You're Spot on about Dexter's relationship with Harrison and how it's portrayed. And I think I did address this point a couple of weeks ago. And I do wonder whether it's completely deliberate by the producers to have us look at Dexter with Harrison and think, wow, that, that is more like a baby or a toddler reacting to a stranger rather than a toddler reacting to, uh, to a parent. You know, I think how my children react to me. Um, if, if they reacted to me like Harrison reacts to Dexter, I'd be heartbroken. <laughs> OK, so thanks very much, everybody, for your feedback this week. If you want to get in touch with me, as so many of you are, and that's fantastic, 
You can. The email address is, as always, dissectingdexter at gmail.com, where you can also send a voice recording file. Um, the program I use, Audacity, seems to be able to handle just about any audio format that I throw at it. Uh, so um, if you don't have an MP3 format, it doesn't matter. Just uh, just email it to me and I'll do what I can. Uh, or you can phone. In the US, it is 646-222-6122. And there is a five-minute time limit on, on that voicemail line. In the UK, the number is 0844-579-6949. And you enter mailbox ID... 08320 and off the top of my head I'm not sure if there's a, a time limit on that one uh, but I would say about five minutes is, is a pretty good length for, for a voicemail if, if you did have quite a bit to say uh, although of course I'm, I'm not going to uh, knock you if, if you go over that <coughs> Travis <coughs> um, <laughs> sorry I'm joking uh, there's also Twitter uh, oh my voice has gone a bit deep then after that cough <laughs> oh, excuse me <coughs> Twitter uh, it's at Dissect Dexter, or my personal Twitter, which is at Gareth underscore UK. And there's the aforementioned Facebook page. Go on to Facebook, search for Dissecting Dexter, and you'll find it. Next time on Dissecting Dexter. We really are embarking on the, the not well, not quite the home straight, I suppose, but we're, we're we're gearing up for the end of the season, aren't we? And, and next week's episode is episode 10 of season 7. It's called The Dark dot 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 whatever, <laughs> uh, which is an intriguing title. And obviously it's going to be serving a purpose to position the pieces for... Uh, oh, all right, it's a cliche, <laughs> but that's what they do, isn't it? They position the pieces for the, the end game of, of the season. And indeed, probably setting things up for the final season next year. The Dark Whatever. Obviously the Dark Passenger, but maybe... Um, maybe that indicates that Dexter and Hannah are going to be having conversations about Dexter's darkness specifically. Um, he mentioned to her this week about his mum, when, when his mum was killed. Maybe that will come up in conversation next week and and, and Dexter will share with her uh, his his life of of struggling with with this dark passenger and and his killer urges. So who knows? Maybe they're going to uh, as was a point was raised in the feedback. I think it was Danielle suggested that maybe Hannah could help Dexter fight his dark passenger and, and put up some resistance to to having to kill. Because as we've seen, she certainly doesn't kill like Dexter does. Elsewhere, I don't know how much time Quinn has left. Um, I think we all agree, none of us fancy his chances of survival. Uh, whether he survives into Season 8, I don't know. I wouldn't put money on it. <laughs> I, I, would, uh, I would think the, the bookies have, have stopped taking bets now on, on whether he'll survive the season or not. <laughs> I, I, really don't, uh, I really don't fancy his chances. Uh, but more intriguingly, we've got Matthews and LaGuerta teaming up, apparently. Whether Matthews is teaming with her as long as it suits him. Uh, as he said to her, he's, he's hoping that he can get reinstated and um, serve out the remainder of his period of service and, and leave with a full pension, full police pension, uh, which I assume is worth quite a lot of money. 
certainly in his in the position he was in. So I, I don't know whether there, there could be a double cross in store, and that Matthews may use his reinstatement to uh, to then shit on Laguerta and, and screw up her career, or whether he will just mess with her anyway and. I, I don't know. Or whether he will be completely genuine and, and help her. Uh, although, like I say, help her as long as it, as it suits him. Serves his own needs. And it's not clear at this point whether he believes LaGuerta that the Bay Harbour Butcher is still active. I don't know, maybe he's going to have an epiphany next week or the week after where he thinks, bloody hell, you're right. Maybe it could be Dexter. That, that could be to come and... Yeah, Dexter in trouble. I think uh, we all love that, don't we? And welcome it with open arms. Let's uh, let's get excited, guys. Come on, get on board. Trust the show. We're, <laughs> we're nearly at the end of the season. Let's uh, let's just enjoy this thing and uh, and see what happens. so we come to the end of another podcast as always I'll try to keep this closing bit brief because I did uh, I did go off on one at the beginning didn't I talking about my cats <laughs> oh dear just typical me isn't it getting hooked on a, a subject and getting distracted in a not in a Dexter kind of way but you know what I mean <laughs> sorry if I sent anybody to sleep but um, well there we go <laughs> right I'm off uh, thanks very much guys for listening and uh, until we dissect some more Dexter next week take care everybody and cheers for now bye bye <laughs>